Hello and welcome to the Sports Page Out Loud. This is Aggie Radio on 92.3 FM, KBLULP, Logan, Utah. I'm your host, Paige Zamora, and we are joined, as always, by Jaden Johnson, the man who makes it happen, and the head coach of the Utah State football team, Coach Anderson. Thank you so much for being here. It's really great to have you on, and I'm sure there are many people in the Valley listening who are stoked to hear their man, <laughs> the royalty of Cache Valley, um, here to talk to us about Aggie football. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much, and uh, we're just uh, a small piece of this uh, wonderful valley we all live in, right? But it's, it's, it's awesome to be back. Um, every day I drive down the hill to work with a big smile on my face and a lot of excitement around football right now with the spring game coming our way. I know our kids are excited, a lot of families coming back, a lot of alumni coming back, and you know it's just an exciting time of year. And it looks like we're going to get good weather, so uh, you know it's been snow and rain and then sunny for the last couple of days. Pick your five-minute period and it changes on you, but hopefully we can get a good three or four hours to uh, have a great time tomorrow and get a bunch of fans out there for these kids. And like I said, the kids are excited. I think these alumni guys coming back. I just got off the phone with Bobby Wagner, Donald Penn, you know, uh, Chris Cooley. There's a number of those guys coming back that uh, haven't been here for a long time, and they're very excited about uh, being part with the alumni and with the fans that are there tomorrow. That's so cool that we can even have a conversation where those names come up. Mm-hmm. You know where. I mean, those ties to Utah State are so huge. As a coach, how does that affect the players, you know, knowing that Bobby Wagner will be yeah. here and all those people that are from, that, you know, have made it yep. in in the sense of the word. How does that help the athletes? Well, I think it's really important for you. You know, Nevin Lawson is going to talk to the team today at 145. And, uh, you know, Nevin came here from Florida, and so he knows the adjustment. He knows what it takes to go through some good times, some hard times, and work your way into being a great player and understanding what Cash Valley is, understanding what Utah State is as a whole and um, how special a place it is. You know, I don't talk to one of those kids and they instantly say, man, I want my kids to go to school at Utah State. And so that the but we can learn as a group and as a football team from those kids because you know there's all those emotions that go through young men as they go through time and young women as they're stu- not just student athletes but students in general where it's you know uh, where am I at what am I doing there's good days there's bad days how to plow through those how to continually work to get ourselves in a position to be successful um, with whatever we're doing and I think the listening to people that have gone through that and not always the coaches is a huge positive for our kids and quite frankly anybody. Coach, now, for you, I, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, you're, you're full bore at it, football as usual, and it's, you know, the start of just another season, but for Utah State fans, I think it's still a little bit surreal to think that you're back as, you, as the Utah State coach. Does it kind of hit you ever, how surreal that is? Well, yeah, absolutely it does. Um, and I also understand how blessed I am to be in this position. You know, there's not many times in life when you... Uh, you know, you, you go through what you go through and, and you make the decisions and the career decisions and every career decision we made as a staff as we went through time, we made because uh, we believed it was where we're supposed to be and it was the right decision. And, you know, there's times in your life where you have to work because you need that paycheck. you got to pay for, you know, your kids and you got to grow and you got to develop for your family and everything else. But when you have a chance to be at the place that you love, uh, do what you love to do as a job every single day and you wake up and go to work and you do it because you want to do it, that's special. Um, and everything that you stand for and what you believe for, whatever your profession is, there's things you believe for. You have your core values and your beliefs. And 
Utah State, Cache Valley, uh, the athletic, athletic department, and the whole vision for the student athlete as a whole is exactly what I believe in. So, you know, you, sometimes you got to stick to your guns when you get in positions that uh, you get challenged in those ways. But here I know what the core is and I know what the expectations are, and it's exactly the same for myself. So it's, uh, it is surreal to wake up in the morning every day and know where we're going and what we're doing. We're, we're lucky to be where we are. Well, and you mentioned at your uh, at your introductory press conference, you kept your house in the valley. Yep, and, the yeah. frat house, no longer a frat house. So let's get that out there. It's not <laughs> yeah, on the record. Yeah, my neighbor, my neighbors are much happier now. They're like, hey, yeah, look, lawns mowed, and garbage cans been taken in and out at the right days. It's perfect. It's all good up there. No loud music. <laughs> but uh, you know, of course, you were running Division One programs and very busy with that. Were you able to really? Keep a tab on what was going on at Utah State, and how close were you able to follow the Utah State program while you were away? Oh, absolutely, very close. You know, um, you know, I obviously hired Matt, and so Matt and I were very close. And you know, Frank was here, and there was a lot of relationships on the staff. My boys were playing. You know, sure. Keegan was here, Jason was here, Hagen was here, uh, all but really one year, um, and that would have been last year. Other than that, I had uh, my own child on the team, so followed very closely. Stacy was able to get the games, and you know, be a big part of. Uh, supporting our kid and obviously supporting the Aggies but regardless if our kids would have been on the team or not you know Stacy and I will kept very very close tabs on uh, Utah State and you know what the, how their seasons were going and uh, you know all the things that came with the program and so it's 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 our place right so you keep ta- you keep close tabs on home that's for sure so you were talking about expectations of the program mm-hmm. and um, expectations coming up in this season of course we know um, we're always aiming for Mountain West Conference no champions, of course. Can you tell us who else to look out for? What things you're mostly excited for? I mean, what, what student-athletes you're most excited to see out there on the field? Yeah. Maybe the the hidden gems that we should keep an eye out for in the game tomorrow and yeah. in the season to come. Well, I think it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch. What we've done is we've kind of taken the teams and broke them down by – not really ones and twos, but fairly close to ones and twos. So there's definitely a group that uh, on the – depth chart there's more number ones playing over here and there's more number twos on the other side so uh, I'm looking for that as a group that first offensive line to control a game Um, in the run game in the pass protection we're playing very very basic defense tomorrow we're not doing a lot there's no blitzing we're going to play just a couple coverages and um, you know football is never simple but it's not going to be graduate level defensive play if you will Um, so I would like to see an offensive line that can control I think we're going to get really good play um, out of Jordan I want Jordan to play you know quite a bit with that first group so we can get cohesive with the wide receiver crew that's brand new basically so you know I want those two on the offensive side the first off offensive line and that first crew of receivers we need to see them have a nice day um, that's a big part of it at the, at the uh, defensive position you know we've got a lot of defensive linemen that are out that have been out all spring now they'll be back there's some nagging injuries or some surgeries that we had that knew they were going to be out um, so that that group has done a nice job of plowing through spring and handling it um, I'm excited to watch uh, you know the the defensive backfield matchup against that first group of receivers that's it's a big challenge I think they're ready for that challenge and um, so those are some key matchups I'd be looking for and you know individually in the special teams you're not going to see a lot you're going to see the punts and you're going to see the field goals um, uncontested basically and I think we've had a very good spring in special teams and coach Collins has done a tremendous job so rather than single anybody out individually I think those two groups are key to not just the spring game but the 2019 season awesome so I mean special teams 
and the defensive line, we saw a lot from them this past season mm -hmm. that um, I think was key to a lot of our success. Um, and you're saying that there's going to be more we see from them. Even they'll take it even a step further. I believe they can. You know, I mean, we have some some talented specialists um, that really care. And again, I go back to I just I'm, I'm really impressed. I didn't know Coach Collins well when I got here. Um, I knew of him, had seen his work. Uh, but I'm really impressed on how he ties that special teams into really everybody in the country preaches about special teams is just as important as offense or defense. And there's a lot of talking that goes on about that. But uh, this team, um, that is very, very true. And a lot of that credit goes back to him. And we have some powerful weapons. Special teams, we're not going, going to take the field on special teams and be thinking, oh, we just want to survive this snap or we just want to get the offense out on the field or, you know, just we're going to try to gain an advantage every single time there's a special teams play. Um, it goes to good players first. And players make plays, players win games. But on the flip side of that, it goes to uh, some very, very, you know, positive coaching from all of our coaches, but that's been set up by Coach Collins and how he runs the special teams. So we had uh, Coach Sanford in the studio maybe a month ago. I bet that was interesting. He can talk. Yeah, he's, a, he's a blast. Yeah, he's, he's got some blast. juice now. Uh, I want to yeah. hear him and Coach Smith sit down in a conversation and, and right. see who gets more words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Score, right? No doubt. But, you know, I, I think I think both Paige and I walked away from that interview just really impressed with, with him and with everything that he's he was talking about with this team. and. Um, every coach that you have on staff seems like a pretty likable person, someone that could walk into a front, uh, you know, living room of someone's house and, and pretty easily recruit them to Utah State. Was that one of the big things that you were trying to build your staff around, was, was just recruiting and getting that kind of guy in here? Well, you, you, the, the biggest thing that you mentioned there is, is good people. Um, and that was number one for me in building this staff. I really believe in college football, and um, I'm sure it's the same with many businesses or what have, have you as you go through time. But I wanted to make sure that I hired good people that cared about kids. And the X's and O's are important. Um, their ability to be able to handle their position group is important and all that. But it, truly it was secondary to me um, because I know there's a lot of good coaches out there that want to coach football. I wanted those guys this time as I went through, and I've made my mistakes in my career. There's no doubt about it, but I'm not going to make that mistake again. I wanted good people that in good times, okay times, and bad times are there for kids. And if they can't do that, they won't work here. And they know that. They understand that. Um, I'm very prideful of that, especially at this point in my career, to make sure that when we deliver that message to those kids, what I tell them is the same thing that the staff is telling them. Um, are they good recruiters? Yes. Are they good? You know, many of them have families. A couple of them are Michael Caputo is going to be getting married here pretty soon. His his wife's coming to Cache Valley. Uh, they all they are very good people. Um, but they can go out and recruit because they're really good coaches. Um, and I think when you have a team that understands that we're going to hold you accountable, your coach's door is open for you, but you know, you got to stay on the right side of our core values. If you go on the wrong side of the core values, it's over with. You, you don't deserve to be on this team. There's a right to be on the field. There's an earned right to be able to be a student athlete at Utah State, whether it's football or anything else. But um, you, know, you need to take, make sure your decisions you're making. We're going to be there to help you. But think about those decisions because we're going to hug you hard and we're going to take care of that problem aggressively if there's an issue. So you talk about you know, holding them accountable on and off the field. Yep. I think um, the idea that football has to do with so much more than what happens in the locker room mm -hmm. or on the field, right? And we've seen that. I mean, recently it's not like football players always get good media attention, no doubt. right? Um, and a lot of people that I've talked to about you and their reactions, especially people who have been in Cache Valley for a long time, 
they're so excited, like we said, to have you here and call you a player's coach. Mm -hmm. So how do you find that balance between being, you know, their friend that the players just love and also being able to hold them to a high standard where hopefully the athletes won't be in the media for the reasons yeah. they have been, yeah. you know? Yep, and then it, it is. It's, it's definitely a fine line. It's, to me, every kid on a football team, I truly treat them just like I did my own children. So it's not difficult for me to make sure that, hey, what I, what I feel is important and when we, we put down stipulations and rules and settings for you, they're, they're not going to be bent. Academically, for instance, if you get to strike two, in, in academics, whether you have a hard time getting to a mentor, you have a hard time getting in class, whatever it's going to be, um, you're going to fulfill that punishment, and there is no talking yourself out of it. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we're going to have shout-out Thursdays. Academics every Thursday is a shout-out to the guys that are doing well, and they deserve to be uh, acknowledged in front of their team. Um, and all those little things of consistency, showing that you care about them. But at the end of the day, it's what I always tell them. You need to make the big decision in your life before you have to make the decision. And that's so important before you walk into a scenario because we all make those decisions, right? And at some point, good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to make that decision. And I encourage them to get into that moment before and make that decision. Because to me, the chief cause of failure is trading what you want most for what you say you want at the moment, right? That's, that's the number one thing. And in youth, it's so easy to throw away what your dream is for something that's just spontaneous reaction and it gets you in a bad spot. And though that it could be studying for a final, it could be simple things, it could be texting while I'm driving, it could be much more severe things. And you have to try to train the kids to make those decisions prior to. I'm gonna be there for them. I love to walk through the locker room. I love to joke, joke with them, have some good times. But that you know, they. I hope they all know that when they do need something, they can walk into my office, and we don't want big problems to become giant problems. We don't want small problems to become big problems. So if we can talk it out, we can usually get it fixed. But uh, that trust is so very important, and that's what we've worked hard to build over the first four months. Is just it's a trust system that if coach is gonna be there for me to help me, if I'll go to him. Now, Coach, your final your final season at Utah State, you go eleven and two. Mm -hmm. um, now, when you come back, you're not me. They, I, they I, I, I love watching them. That's <laughs> the as in Utah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The team goes eleven and two, and and now you inherit an eleven and two team. I think it's almost yeah. a little bit poetic that that's how it happens. Have you noticed pretty much the same culture in this year's team as the team that you left? Or what has really changed within this program in the last in the last few years? Well, I think that the thing that's changed is the ability to recruit into the Mountain West Conference, the ability to be able to attract young men into Logan. Logan, and you guys know, you're both taking off out of here in a couple of months, or I guess a month now, right? You're going to be taking off out of here. Don't remind us. This, <laughs> this place has changed dramatically mm -hmm. as for students as a whole, for people who live in the community as a whole, in a very positive way. You drive down... Main Street, and it's a whole different feel than it was. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are out there, so that helps in recruiting. Um, the 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 core of what Utah State is is still there, and that's what we're always going to be able to recruit to. But this team is still built around um, kids that in-state Polynesian missionary program and a walk-on setting. That's what we want to be able to build and recruit. Mm -hmm. And if a young man comes from the outside, he has to absorb into that culture. He's not going to bring his culture and break that culture down. And that is, I think, that's sustained. Um, it's always a growing you know, part of the program to be able to make sure that they understand what it is to be in Cache Valley. And I tell them all the time, every single day you're going to have little eyes 
listen, see you or listen to you with their ears. And you are either going to be a positive influence or a negative influence. Whereas many times, if you live in a great big giant city, if you're walking in the middle of L.A. or quite frankly, the middle of Salt Lake City, it, you don't have that that reaction to those kids because they don't know who you are, right? You could be just blend in in a big city. You don't blend in here as a student. You don't blend in. You don't blend in here as a student athlete. You just don't. So you are going to little eyes, little ears are going to be on you every single day. And I think that that's, that's part of our core culture. But to answer your question, is it very similar? It's very much similar. Um, the team itself, from a football standpoint, every team has its holes. It's what we loss that you need to get better on. You look sure. at Jordan Love's there, that there's the foundation of the offense, right? And that's that's a heck of a foundation. It's a great place to it's start. Great foundation. You know, one of his biggest yeah, he, yeah. and he's and he's a special kid. So if I'm a young kid, I better latch onto him, onto that leg and follow him around and let him drag me around and I start to learn and get better and better. And that's what that offensive line has to do is learn from him. That's what those wide receivers have to do is learn from him. So it's a team that has some talent, your ability to recruit at a higher level because of the league and the facilities that the boosters have allowed us to have is a huge difference um you know you look in the weight room there's there's more people around the kids you look in the training room there's more people around the kids so uh, facilities are a huge thing and what we do obviously uh, the kids deserve that to have nice things but it's the people behind the desk the people behind the doors that are so powerful influence to these kids every day and i think that's really grown and helped these kids develop so um, it's always a growing process right <laughs> tell us about it and graduation <laughs> coming up we told you coach that you know yeah, you guys better figure out what you're doing. It's life. Let's go. Actually, I, I, like I said, you know, take a year off. Hang out. Yeah. yeah. Call mom and pops. Grandma and grandpa. Say, hey, take care of me for a year. <laughs> well, Coach, it's been great having you on. I, wanna, I want you to leave us with one thing. I mean, you, after the bowl game, you came in, totally renovated the team room and everything, mm -hmm. and um, told them that, you know, they're, they're done playing and – little bowl games and things like that. How, what are you doing right now every day in practice to make that a reality? I mean, you, yeah. it seems like you've promised so much and the people of Cache Valley, as dramatic as that might sound, are, are counting on that. So what are you doing to make that happen? Well, I, I don't ever remember saying any little bowl game. So I don't, I don't <laughs> think, uh, any bowl game is special, right? But I think the key thing is right now is, you know, going to the bowl game they went to a year ago and, and played in that bowl game, that was a special bowl game and it was a dominating performance. Getting 11 wins is is a team. My, my, my belief is this. If you six or seven games in college football, you get rewarded, you go to a bowl game. That's a good year. Okay, Eight or nine wins Okay, is a great year. Okay, that's that's a great year in college football. It really is, and you get you know, remembered for that for a little better bowl game. When you get to ten plus wins, you're an elite football team at your university. Period, forever, and that's what you get. You're elite at that point. And so, what you want to be able to do is get a team or a program that is consistently in that spot of playing extremely meaningful games in the month of November. And that will always be our goal. It's not, hey, we're going to win a championship every year. You know, we're, we're going to be grateful and proud of any bowl game we ever get to. But obviously you want to be in the position of being playing. In, when all of a sudden it strikes November 10th or 11th, people are like, whoa, here we go. This is, we've got ourselves in a special spot and we're competing for something special. Does it happen every year? No, it doesn't happen every year to anybody. But the fact of the matter is that has to be your goal is to get sustained consistency in a football program where you don't have the big peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys, it's the shady guy, two of them. <laughs> um, but you want to make sure that uh, that's your goal. And your goal is number one, and it is. It's 
to win the Mountain West Championship. And I believe right now, you know, when we first came here, you know, we, we, we broke the huddle saying, hey, whack champs. Do I really believe that that whole football team believed that? No, they hadn't had a winning season. They had struggled through some things. It was a battle every single year for them. But when these kids break the huddle, they need to believe that and better believe that. I believe they do because that is their goal. And that's a fun, spot, fun, fun place to be um, for the kids and for everybody involved. Well, that's something the basketball team picked up. We were talking to a couple of players last year. They said right at the beginning of the year, they started copying the football team. Said Mount West champs every time, and they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Speak it into existence. if it's that easy, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're hoping that the streak continues, that it continues to be a great time to be an Aggie fan yeah. for football and basketball. No Coach, doubt. thank you again for being here. We hope it's not the last time that you're in the Aggie radio booth. And hopefully Jaden and I will figure out what we're doing with our future so we can cover you in the future. That would be well. good. Yeah, let's yeah. get you guys down to Salt Lake City and yeah. Yeah, get good. some there's some new face they need some new faces down there. Sounds right. good. We'll probably, let them know you said I'll it. probably get some bad text messages for that. <laughs> Coach, thank you so thank much. You, Coach. Okay guys, take care. Go Aggies. This has been the sports page out loud. Stay tuned, we'll be back in just a bit. All right, welcome back. This is the Sports Page Out Loud. I am the Sports Page, your host, Paige Samora, and Jaden Johnson's here with me because this wouldn't be the show if he weren't. Um, we are just still a little bit on cloud nine after getting to talk with Coach Anderson, right, Jaden? Jaden grew up here in Cache Valley and is quite the... Aggie fan. Since Cloud Nine seems so. like an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great interview. I, I was in a it. twist. I was it, in a twist. It, it's good to fast. It's good to have a guy like that in the studio. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just to tell you how long I've been in college. <laughs> my freshman year was was that 2012 season, and you know, I definitely growing up in the valley and growing up watching watching Aggie football. It was a pretty special season, especially. And uh, you know, I. I distinctly remember rushing the field after they beat Utah and, and camping out for that game. And I remember, you know, going to going to the bowl game in, in Boise and, you know, just thinking how incredible it was what Coach Anderson had built. And so that's why, you know, that first question I asked him about how surreal is it for you, because I know it's surreal for, for me and for really anybody around the Utah State program to think that they're going to see coach anderson on the sidelines this year right now that's not trying to, to be dramatic or exaggerate or anything it's like just, i did yeah. <laughs> it's just it's really uh, an incredible thing like if you would have asked me at any time you know the last five six years if, if that was even a possibility i would have laughed in your face <laughs> well even i mean when we when it was first the talk right when we heard from cash valley fans of aggie football that were just so excited, wanted Coach Anderson back. When we first knew that they were in a search for a job or search for a coach, you and I, even at that time, I think on the air, we're like, "That's, I mean, come on, that's a rumor yeah. at most." Yeah, yeah, I and shut, here it shut is. It down pretty quickly. Yeah, and here it is <laughs> happening. So having him in the studio kind of brings it full circle. I think even for this show, right, where we, yeah, we've gone through from the beginning of football season last year, where we didn't know a ton to ex- what to. Sp- a ton of what to expect and then had an awesome season coach Wells leaves we have to go through all these coaching prospects that we're talking about giving our own opinions on and now here we are one of the last shows of the school year and coach Anderson just left the studio after telling us you know there's a lot to look forward to um it seems what I was I think my biggest takeaway from that Mm -hmm. interview and that talk with him is that he's had so much like happen in his career he's like not 
uh, what's the word? Like, he doesn't take any crap. <laughs> I don't know if, no. like, there's a way to say that better, but, like, he's not about to waste time on little things, you I, know? I, I think, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. And the, the thing that really stood out to me the most out of, out of all the questions we asked, and, you know, we had him in for, in for 20 minutes, the thing that really jumped out at me was um, when he was talking about his coaching staff. Right. And, you know, again, we had, we had Coach Sanford on, and, uh, he definitely left like a really good impression on both of us and, and he walked out and we said, wow, how, you know, how did we get that guy? Uh, and he said, you know, coach Anderson said, I'm only bringing in guys that are good people. I'm, you know, I'm not worried about past coaching jobs about, I mean, obviously you want a good coach right. as well, you know, and someone, someone who knows their, their X's and O's, but he said, I'm bringing in a good staff of good people so that when we make those promises to kids, we can keep them. And I think that goes right in, in line with what you're saying. He's, he's not, I mean, he's been in the coaching game long enough. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't have anything to lose at this point. Right. And he even, he even said himself, like, I've made plenty of those mistakes before in bringing people I didn't want on my staff as well. I felt he was implying by making those mistakes before, quote unquote. And um, I think that was cool to hear that he understands, you know, there's no room for that. He is probably toward the, uh, what would you say, the golden (laughs) days of his career, you know, where he can kind of say that, you know, he's been in it long enough that he doesn't have to worry about making any of those mistakes anymore. That, to me, makes me excited for... um, Aggie football this season, what's coming up, and that fresh new perspective. Jaden and I were talking about how right now it's been these young coaches that have been surprising us so much. Um, and Coach Anderson doesn't fit in that category, but he does have a lot to a lot to show and in a way a lot to prove because he's been here and now is coming back and been here and did great things. So expectations are really high on him, but knowing where his head's at as far as the culture of the team I don't know. For me, I'm an optimist in sports. We all know that if you have ever talked to me about sports. But I like hearing that from a coach. Personally, that gives me a little more excitement about what's going to happen. Yeah, so I've been able to get out to a couple of the spring practices so far, and I'll definitely you know, be out there tomorrow. I'll, by the way, how cool is it that you've got a future Hall of Fame, an all-pro linebacker, Bobby Wagner, coming back into town. you got Donald Penn coming back into town, who... Uh, I, I don't think he's been quite as close with the program as some of the other um, alum. I've, I saw him at the UNLV game, I guess, two years ago, the game that was in L- UNLV. And, mm-hmm. uh, so he's been around the program a little bit, but maybe not as, as close as some people would hope. And then Chris Cooley, you know, that's a Pro Bowl tight end, a Logan High native. He'll be back in town. Nevin Lawson's going to be around. Mo Alexander's going to be around. If you're not going to be at the pro, at the uh, at the spring game tomorrow, you're going to miss an opportunity to see a lot of cool Aggie legends on the sidelines. And there is a point to make in that Coach Anderson is the person who's brought all those faces back, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, these they, people that you're talking about who haven't been around the program for a while, there's so much power in bringing back our sure. veteran coach, right? Well, and, and Coach Anderson, he didn't coach Chris Cooley. He didn't coach Donald Penn. But they've obviously got a lot of respect for him as the man that really turned things around and got their school on the map, and he's done a good job of outreach with former players. I don't think that in order to be a good coach, you have to be a player's coach. I don't think that in order to be a good coach, all your players have to love you. you right. Know? I, I think that there's quite a few good coaches that um, 
The players would never want to go to a barbecue in their backyard and would never want to do anything outside of football with them. But Coach Anderson has obviously found that line of being a good coach and being a player's coach, and that shows in, in how many of these guys are coming back and are going to be there for the spring game. Um, but to the point I was making, I've been out to a few of the practices this spring, and, um, you know, this is uh, a lot of people were worried, oh, is, is he going to come in and change the high tempo, the Jordan Love bombing it down the field, right. the offense that we were so used to seeing last year? No, they've been they've been maybe faster paced in practice than than anything we saw last year. I mean, at least as fast. Um, they've been a lot of you know very very energetic in practice. Uh, Justin Enna, the defensive coordinator, has one of the loudest voices I've ever heard. <laughs> That's coming from Jaden, whose voice you hear <laughs> he, booming over your radio right he now. He can yell, so it's a it's a fun team to watch already just in practices, and I think the spring game is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Um, you know, it, it's silly. I guess I shouldn't keep making this reference, but here I am making it. Um, last time when we had Coach Smith on, not last time, sorry, the first time we had Coach Smith on, it was right after Aggie Madness, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the equivalent of basketball's spring, spring yeah, that's game. A, that's a fair comparison. Yeah, so um, knowing that now we had Coach Anderson, right, and tomorrow it's kind of his re-debut, mm-hmm. um, it's exciting to know that we get a little taste of it. I wish that it was like basketball when it's just a week or two away from the actual season. No, we had to wait through the whole <laughs> oh, summer, but oh my God. right, we could have football just all the way through. That'd be really it's nice. Such a tease, <laughs> it really is. But in order to get the fans and the um, community really excited about this team, I'm excited. I'm excited. Wow, I used that three times in a matter of two <laughs> seconds, but it's a good time to be an Aggie fan and. People should be excited. Sorry, yeah. I don't have another word for it. <laughs> well, and just a few things that have that have jumped out at me from, you know, I, and again, I've only been at a couple of practices, Please, and I know no, that they're not going like, I'm not going to be the guy that, that thinks that you can take away everything from spring ball, and that's, you know, that's set in stone, because I know that, <laughs> this look, is I mean, you've West got, championship team you've I got see a here lot, yeah, <laughs> it's like the, the summer league basketball guy, that's going to be an awesome. Making all the predictions. <laughs> Uh, and, and there's like there's so many guys that are transfers or rumored transfers or JC guys or um, kids that are just still in high school that aren't even on campus yet that will be a you know I think a big part of this team coming up in the fall that you're not gonna see tomorrow. Um, but the quarterbacks have looked very 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 good. Now you'd expect Jordan Love to look really good. Yeah, I was gonna Henry say you, you did say plural quarterbacks. quarterbacks. So tell me about Columbia. As in, uh, as in three of them: Jordan Love, wow. Henry Columbia, and Andrew Peasley. Uh, they've they've been impressive. Now you heard Coach Anderson say the defensive line isn't coming in with exotic blitz packages, and they're not um, playing the same way as they're going to play in the fall. And I'm, you know, that certainly has something to do with it. But uh, I've been really impressed watching the quarterbacks. Excited to see them tomorrow and uh, how that pans out. A few wide receivers that have kind of jumped out of nowhere. Oh, this is something I wanted to ask Coach about, but yeah. time didn't permit, so please Yeah, I wish do. we had him on for mm-hmm. the whole hour. And, you know, I, I think you kind of were trying to get at this, and he wasn't going to give you exact names. Right. I understand, because if you name one guy, then another guy goes, hey, where, where's Totally. Well, <laughs> also, superstition in sports, I'm all about that, too. So <laughs> don't want to jinx anybody, right? But, yeah. I mean, this is what I was getting at. I want to hear about your takeaway from the wide receivers and who you've seen, I don't know, that gives you hope, I guess, because after the season ended, we heard about, you know, the 
the enlisting <laughs> enlisting the enrollments in the draft yeah. and those that won't be here right. um we're left a little bit unknown a little bit scared if i can say that like if that's not too well, then, um dramatic right no so. i mean you look at you look at the offense and they lose pretty much their whole offensive i mean really their whole offensive line mm-hmm. outside of alfred edwards who started quite a bit but he he was a freshman um and you get a lot of guys that got a little bit of time uh Coach Anderson seems to have a lot of faith in that group, and everything I've heard and seen in in spring ball really makes me think that that's not something to worry about. But the wide receiver core, that's the other one that everyone's a little bit antsy about, which I understand because you lose a guy like Ronquavian Tarver, you lose uh, Jalen Green, and those are your two main targets at the receiver position last right. year. Um, I've I was, and again, it's spring ball. Don't hold me to any of this, but... I watched uh, this kid. I'd never heard of him. I didn't honestly. I didn't know anything about him. But I saw an eighty-seven out on the field going going nuts at one of the practices, and I said, "Well, that's not Dax Raymond." Right. And then I thought, and he's and it's a big body guy. I thought it must be a tight end. No, it's a wide receiver, a, a transfer from Snow College named Derek Wright. Um, so if you see an eighty-seven balling out on the field, that's not <laughs> Dax Raymond. Uh, it's Derek Wright. I that's that's somebody doesn't I even think have a picture up online yet. Yeah, well, he's new. <laughs> yeah, just transferred in. Uh-huh. Um, I, I would, I, I'd say, watch out for him. He's, uh, he got me excited in that last practice that I was able to watch. I think that you've got quite a few freshmen that are, or kids that were, red shirts last year that are that are now just true fresh, or I guess not true freshmen, but now red shirt freshmen this year. Uh, Tim Patrick Jr., Sam Lockett, that we saw a little bit of last year uh, and got a flavor of. I think that they're going to have to play a much bigger role. Um, and, and I mean, look, you still got Jordan Nathan, you still got, um, a guy in Devin Hextall that was on the team all of last year and, and did a lot in practices, maybe didn't have a ton of production in games. Uh, you got Savon Scarver back. So there's, you know, there's a foundation, but there's definitely gonna have to be some guys that step up at the receiver spot. Mm-hmm. That'll be something we'll be looking out for tomorrow during the game, trying to see who we're going to be looking for come fall. Right. Um, I have a little bit of the same feelings I did about the basketball team when there wasn't a ton that we knew about them and we didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, so much was unknown that it was really easy to just be like, well, anything can happen. Let's watch it happen, you know? And I mean, that worked out great for us in basketball. So hoping that it could work out. Yeah. The so same I way. think expectations are going to be a little bit higher. <laughs> There's a little bit more we do know, team. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because of that little fraction that is known. Right. And, of course, the pressure that's going to be on Coach Anderson to well, yeah. do what he's done before. And they returned, you know, a pretty experienced defense. That there was, uh, you know, good defense last year. You got an All-American guy and uh, David Woodward coming back. Right. Tipa, we all know how special Tipa is. We all so know a lot how special Tipa is, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of really nice pieces coming back on the team. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring out those other spots, the wide receiver position, the, the offensive line, maybe a little bit of secondary depth. Yeah, there's a lot to, um, I guess there's those key pieces seem like a lot because of how big the, of shoes, I guess, they're going to fill. Um, and, of course, I have to say again how excited I am that we still have Jordan Love, um, that he's going to be there. I think Coach said it really well when he said that foundation of the offense is comforting, right, knowing mm-hmm. those things and knowing that Jordan Love will be there kid plays with a lot more years than he actually has it seems and there I mean and even then there's still 
room, right, for him to improve, and hopefully that's been happening over this season. Um, Jaden, let's go to a break, and we're gonna we're gonna cut for a little bit, and then I want to ask you a little bit. We're gonna jump back into Mountain West basketball for just a little bit because there's some conference conference fun. There's been a lot of news. In yeah, there the have. So days. I feel like we got to talk about it. A lot to talk about. Um, and there's yeah, there's always so much to talk about, especially this year. Um, I feel like because it's our senior year, that's why all the things happened so that our show would continue to have content. So. Thank you to the gods of sports for doing this for us. <laughs> this is the Sports Page Out Loud on Aggie Radio 92.3 FM, KBLULP, Logan, Utah. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Sports Page Out Loud. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, we had Coach Anderson on for the first part of the show. And if you happen to be just tuning in and you missed it, don't you worry. We'll have it out there. You can find us on Twitter at SportsPage94 and at JadenJohnson00. And later tonight we'll be tweeting out the show. So you don't have to worry about missing that. You can listen to it again. We got you covered. Yeah, we'll get the whole thing posted on uh, the Aggie Radio Sports iTunes channel. Yes. If you want to subscribe to that, that's where all this content goes. Yeah, and then you can find every show that we have done. Um, as well as those exclusive interviews that we've had with so many Aggies throughout the semester. Man, we've had a good time. We've talked about so many things, and, you know, it's funny that we talked about football for so long into the basketball season because football was so crazy. Mm -hmm. Now we've talked about basketball for so long and then (laughs) jumping back to football. But we got to jump back to basketball for a second because if you're a fan of basketball, college basketball in Nevada, it's not looking so great for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Things are a little bit crazy around the Mountain West, and honestly, I don't, I can't say that I expected any of it. I mean, obviously, Nevada didn't have as great of a year um, as they have been, but I didn't think it was a horrible year either. And so, well, what's going on here? Well, the thing is, they were, sl- I mean, they were going to lose their top, you know, they were, they were going to lose their whole starting lineup no matter what. They were all seniors. They were uh, getting ready to move on. And so, regardless, the future was a little dim for Nevada heading into the off season. I I think Utah State broke them though. Right? And that's <laughs> I what, think that March I mean, second kind of did a number on that team. We had joked about that going into the NCAA tournament, right? <clears throat> or after they, they played their game and didn't really look like Nevada anymore and even in the Mountain West championship ter- yeah. I mean there's there were certain things where they just looked like a different team. Um now, the question is, though, was it a fire extinguisher or the Utah State basketball team <laughs> that actually brought the demise of well, their program? Well, what know? caused the fire extinguisher? Right. <laughs> it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know? No, uh, we know what happened first, right? The game. and Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a huge moment for Aggie basketball, Aggie fans. Beating Nevada was, I mean, we can look at each other. We remember exactly where we were that night, you know, and things like that. And I think I think that memory will last, right? We're not going to forget anytime soon where we were that night that Utah State beat Nevada. For us, it was the first time we were like, wow. I mean, I mean, I think before then we realized there was something special about this team. But for Utah State, that game was really a huge time when, I mean, not only Aggie fans, but people across the country started looking at Utah State basketball. Well, for those of you that haven't heard... Nevada has fallen apart. They uh, 
So they were they were slated to lose all five of their starters. They were all seniors, most of them fifth year seniors, and so that was expected. Well, since the off season started, they lost their coach. Eric Musselman announced he's going to Arkansas. He's taking the head coach position there. So he's moving along. Uh, and then in recent days, since that announcement, Jazz Johnson, who was the sixth man of the year in the Mountain West Conference, and really one of the things that, you know, you looked forward and you said, okay, Nevada, they they lose a lot, but they've still got Jazz Johnson. They've mm-hmm. still got some really good young players. Well, Jazz Johnson's transferring. Um, he came in and averaged 11 points per game last season. Uh, and then yesterday... It's announced Jordan Brown, who was the freshman five-star player that they had. And, you know, you don't get many five-star players in the Mountain West Conference. And when you do, it's pretty special. Uh, and so that was another thing Nevada fans kind of looked forward to, is having Nevada, uh, having Jordan Brown come in and play some extended minutes in the next couple of seasons. Well, he's announced he's transferring as well, former McDonald's All-American. Pretty special player. Uh, we'll be moving along. And so now I did the math, and math is not my strong suit. So <laughs> journalism majors here, right? <laughs> so if uh, no, if, I really appreciate the stat, off, though, right? <clears throat> let me know. Uh, from my count, Nevada brings back. So they played sixty-eight hundred minutes this year, the entire season. Sixty-eight hundred combined minutes between all you know all five players on the court at any given time. They returned just one hundred and twenty-six minutes from last season. Uh, that's 1.8% of their minute production from last year. We'll be back on the team next year. Uh, and they lose their coach, probably their entire coaching staff. Now, they've hired Steve Alford, who I think is a good coach at the mid-major level. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we saw that he coached in New Mexico, had a lot of success there. Things didn't really go his way at UCLA. I think he's going to do a good job with that program, but the next year or two could be pretty rocky for Nevada. I think it's interesting because at first glance as an Aggie fan, there's a little bit of pride in being like, we, we broke up, right? You know, it's kind of exciting. But then I think about how exciting it was when we were doing well and how great it was to think for the Mountain West Conference, not only do we have our team who's doing well now, but in the back of my mind, it was kind of like, now we have us and Nevada, right? Yeah. Who are recognized across the country and can bring a little bit more uh, publicity, other word for it I can't think of but a little more excitement around the Mountain West Conference which is ends up being good for all the teams notoriety yeah yeah, for the whole conference it definitely now it's back to one team right (laughs) now it's back to just like it's kind of on us to keep eyes on the Mountain West Conference no doubt we can do it I, I mean I have confidence in this team but that does hurt us a little bit as a whole conference and in knowing that you know people are kind of turning away from that part of it at least the Nevada part they're not going to keep their eyes on as much and that does hurt the whole conference I believe yeah well and when I I say Utah State broke Nevada it's mostly as a joke because again we knew that a lot of these players were going to move on I I think most people had a pretty strong hunch Eric Musselman was going to leave as well uh and so it was somewhat expected and and you know maybe them losing that game then caused them to, to lose in the conference semifinals and caused them to lose in the first round, and that caused some players to want to leave. I, You know, there's there's a, definitely a possibility of that, but it's mostly in, in jest. But you're, you're exactly right. Having Nevada, as much as Utah State fans, I think, are kind of taking joy in watching the demise of this team that was so uh, easy to cheer against all season long, 
um, it, it does hurt the conference because now who's really going to carry the torch outside of Utah State? I mean, last year it was nearly a three-bid league. This next year it's really hard to see anybody else outside of potentially Utah State getting, a, getting an automatic berth. Mm-hmm. Now, for Utah State... Maybe that's not the worst news in the world. If, if Utah State doesn't have uh, have a ton of competition in the Mountain West Conference tournament, who cares how strong your conference is as long as you get into the tournament? Ask totally. Gonzaga. Well, and I think, especially as a year coming off the first crazy year. I don't. I mean, I don't mean the first crazy year, right? We've had really great years of Aggie basketball, but this start of our like most recent success was in this past year. Um, what a better time to get you know, in this conference where we don't have maybe as much competition or we don't see it right now. Um, really good opportunity to kind of start a streak or a pattern um, of Utah State dominance. Like you said, I mean, it may not be good news for us in the long term as far as the Mountain West, but if we can go win the tournament, or sorry, win the conference tournament just like we did this year, um, that gets us in, right? That gets us right where we need to be, right back where we were this year, and hopefully with a chance to do differently than we did against yeah. Washington. Well, when you start to look around, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you start to look around the Mountain West Conference at who could give Utah State a game next year. Now, there's a lot of things that could happen in the next few months, and um, I'm, I'm certainly not going to say... When yeah. you don't know, right, things change. There's a lot of unknowns. I'm certainly not going to say Utah State's going to run away with the conference and they should plow over everyone. No, because, I mean, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a, a team or two that comes up out of nowhere, and, and you never know. Oh, and it's April, right? And it's yeah. April. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you look around, and if you would have asked me a month ago who's going to be Utah State's biggest competition next year, I probably would have said uh, San Diego State. New Mexico or uh, Nevada, even though they lost a lot, you know, assuming they could keep Coach Musselman around, which mm-hmm. obviously didn't happen. Well, Nevada, that's probably not going to be the case. San Diego State, the biggest reason I thought that they would rival Utah State is, is because of Jalen McDaniels. Well, he's declared for the NBA draft and hired an agent. He's gone. Don't have to worry about him anymore. They'll still probably be a pretty good team. Well, and that's part of their culture, right? San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State's always good. They'll, yeah. they'll still be a pretty good team, I think. Uh, but with no Jalen McDaniels, that hurts. And then uh, New Mexico. I felt like this year they really underachieved. They had a lot of close games. They should have been a lot better than they were. Um, we saw them in the tournament. You know, we, They're obviously capable of, of playing some really good really basketball tough. times. Yeah, uh-huh. um, well, Vance Jackson announced he's going to the NBA. He hasn't hired an agent. He could potentially come back. Uh, and I, I can, kind of think he will, but... Uh, a lot of teams around Utah State have just gotten weaker since the season ended. Now, Boise State, that could be a team to really watch out for next year. They bring in uh, a five-star guy, Emmanuel Acott. He transfers up from Arizona. I think he'll be really, really good for them. They had a, a ridiculous amount of really close games, as Utah State knows from that game that was in Boise. But it's going to be interesting to see how things shape up. And I think that there's no chance that Utah state isn't the unanimous favorites to win the conference in the preseason polls, which is interesting because we see the difference, right? When they get chosen or picked eighth or ninth in the conference, right? Beforehand do so well. And I think it'll be a really big test of their maturity when 
the odds are for them, right? When when odds are against them, they don't really have much to lose, right? But this time, there's a lot to prove. There's a lot on the table. And that'll be a big test of the maturity of this team. I think they'll deal with it because I think there were games this past season that also tested their maturity. New Mexico game in the conference tournament, I think, is a good example mm. of that. Um, for me, that's what I like looking for in teams, though. You know, um, I saw it a lot in the Virginia team, even, that just took the championship. You know, I think their maturity and their uh, ability to deal with adversity on the court says a lot more about them than their overall record. Oh, yeah, I mean, to yeah. go from losing to a 16 seed totally. one year to winning the national championship. Right, and I think... Normally, we only see that right when the odds are against them and stacked against them. So it'll be interesting to see how they react yeah. to well, maybe these good things. We we know how Utah State plays as the underdog, and that's you know very very well. And we're comfortable with that, right? Uh, we're very we confident. We haven't seen how they play as the favorites, so mm-hmm. that's yeah, I, I, that's a good point that you bring up. It'll be uh, interesting to, to to watch that throughout the season. Um, and you know, there's still, I, I think that there's still. Uh, a chance that there's another addition or two to this team. I have to imagine Coach Smith is watching the transfer market hard and uh, the WAC player of the year. Jake Toulson just announced he's transferring. I don't know if that's a real possibility, but there's a lot of good players out there that Utah State could potentially bring in to help them not just um, as the front runners in the Mountain West, but to become a, a, a more of a national contender. Mm-hmm. When we talked about this with the athletes who were with us and Coach Smith about how much chemistry they've had with this team, right? And I don't know if I actually got this across when I was trying to ask the questions, but knowing those recruits that are coming and then the possibility of bringing more in, is there ever a part of you, Jaden, that wonders, like, what if they throw off the chemistry, you know? Or wonders, and I know that that's not everything, right? But that played such a huge role in this team's success this year, their ability to just be with each other and play as a team. I don't know. Maybe that's just like the weird like a motherly thing when you worried that some kids are going to come and mess with your kids. I don't know. but uh, I, I think it goes back to what Coach Smith said when he was here in the studio, that he only recruits a very certain type of kid. Right. You know, just, just because you can put a ball through a hoop doesn't mean you've got a scholarship offer to Utah State. Now, of course, you're looking for the greatest athletes you can find, but he's only bringing in uh, the kind of kid that he thinks will fit into Logan and will fit into the Utah State program. Now, obviously nobody's judgment is perfect and you you never know kids kids are kids but uh I, I i think that coach smith is very aware of the chemistry of the team and how important that is and how important it was for them this year in winning the mountain west conference championship and it's something that, that he looks for a lot well going into kids living rooms and, and trying to get them to come to utah state right and um yeah thank you thank you for helping me comfort with my concern there because i think i do wonder that you know you look at teams past when maybe there's like it's so visible on the court i don't know if other people see it but i guess it's because i'm looking for things like that where you can tell really when they are friends and i think we've seen in years past when that hasn't happened and it meant one person looked really awesome and the rest of the team didn't so I'm excited and a little bit nervous to see the newcomers, but I think there's enough leadership on the team, too, that whoever does come in will learn the culture quickly and learn the the team aspect of Aggie, Aggie basketball. Um, I do have to say it's it's hard. I mean, it's funny when spring comes and people are so much better at being fans of sports through football and basketball season because we're in the thick of school. 
but right now in these spring sports that are happening, particularly softball, because that's the one that's probably, you know, the easiest to go and actually watch. Um, not only do they have to deal with these students that are just done with school and ready to be done, you know, for the summer, but also the weather has not been nice to the softball team. Um, they're, and they're struggling as far as, like, games go and things like that. But they do have some pretty awesome people out there, so it's, um, it's fun to watch at least the individuals. I hope, sorry, in bringing this up, though, I'm saying there's, it's been really fun, right, for Aggie men's basketball and for Aggie football this year. Hopefully that's a culture that can, can kind of seep through to other sports, the same way it did kind of from football to basketball this year. And I don't know, maybe we'll see other things, other really great things happening in the other sports. Well, whenever anybody says this is the greatest time in the history of Aggie sports, it's hard to argue when you look at, at football and basketball, men's basketball, I should say. But yeah. Outside of that, there, there's been a lot of sports really struggling this year, mm -hmm. and I agree. It'd be good to see those come around a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, tennis is still carrying the torch, and they've uh, men's tennis has won a couple of Mountain West championships, but some other teams really struggling. Yeah. So it'd be nice to you know see that just continue to seep from the other teams into them. Uh, either way, man, it's been fun. We got one more show at the end of this semester, um, a week from today, and uh, it'll be a fun one. It'll be good to finish off the year with uh what's with a bang sorry i'm losing, losing my words thank you so much for listening today though Jaden. thank you for being here thanks for making it all happen and for sharing your insights especially from the basketball or from the football practices um knowing that we have some of those faces to look out for tomorrow that game's going to be the spring game tomorrow's at noon uh down at maverick stadium probably going to be the nicest day as far as weather goes that we've seen only, all month yeah right? the only non-rainy day this week so, mm -hmm. so as long as we don't wake up till well. snow i mean even if we do wake up to snow by noon it could be totally different right yeah. welcome yeah. to cash valley get out and see some aggie legends yeah. see this exciting team see if for Coach nothing Anderson else the stardom Blue. right yeah. yeah it'll be a good time it'll be fun it'll be just kind of like a taste of what's coming next fall so um like i said that's tomorrow at noon and uh, this has been the Sports Page Out Loud, one of our last shows of the semester. So thank you for tuning in. And thank you to um, Coach Gary Anderson for being in studio with us earlier. You can find this with our, on our Twitter page, <laughs> on our Twitter pages, at Sports Page 94 and Jaden Johnson 00. This is Aggie Radio 92.3 FM, KBLULP, Logan, Utah.